It's clubbing time, Benny! Welcome back to the Three Count Podcast after our post-WrestleMania hiatus. Got an enormous show for you today. But first, I need to welcome you in my co-host, representing the Broken Hill Combat Club, Ben Hoblin. <laughs> Benny, welcome back. Welcome back yourself, Dil, mate. How was your trip? I, I had a fantastic trip, uh, trekking all throughout the world and and most importantly, uh, going to Dynamite. Yeah, a bit of AEW Dynamite. It looked fun, mate. It definitely looked good. That was fantastic mate. in Vegas, seeing the cage match. Sean's it. See, the highlight was definitely MJF coming out, looking like Shawn Michaels in his little referee outfit. That was, that was good. That was brilliant. So amazing stuff, you know. Thank you, AEW, for the tickets. It was, uh, it, it was an amazing show. But anyway, we're back on the airwaves. We've got a huge, huge card, three-count card for you today. We're going to give you our thoughts and ratings on AEW Double or Nothing and WWE Hell in a Cell. We're going to talk about the pipe bomb from MJF. Plus, we're going to get to all the latest news. And, of course, it wouldn't be a three-count podcast without a draft. And it's going to be a tough one this week. We're going to draft the best wrestling factions. Plenty to choose from there. So many. Please follow us on the socials. Get to see all of our drafts. Get the heads up when new episodes drop. And uh, if you want to check out my experience uh, watching AEW Dynamite, at 3 Count Pod on Twitter and Facebook and at 3 Count Podcast on Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Benny, so much to get through. Now, let's start with the pipe bomb. Wow. How good was it? Like, it was, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was just like, this is so amazing. I mean, we, we don't need to talk about how great MJF is on the mic. We know how no, great we know is. that, but just just where he went, like you just didn't think he was going to go to some of those places. And and like, was it a work? Was it was it shoot? Like everybody's up in the air. It's it's fun to play that. Is it a work or is it a shoot game? I mean, yeah, you kind of know Tony's back there pulling the strings anyway, so he can cut the mic off whenever he wants, but. Um, and, and he did it perfectly at exactly the right time as well. Like, and MJF's doing the come on, what's going on? And then, you know, afterwards, we seen the behind the scenes footage from people uh, filming in the crowd. And they were like, CM Punk came down. There's a couple other wrestlers on. Yeah, the Matt Jackson came out as well. Yeah. So it was like, you know, they, even the heels are coming out to, to try and get him, get him out. And then he he left through the crowd. Which, which is what you said as well, makes you think that, you know, they, they parted the crowd for him. They knew where he was going to go. The security stuff, so. was helping him. Yeah, so um, but it's fun anyway. You know, it's oh, so it was, much fun. It's so good. Like uh, Tony was asked about the promo on Busted Open Radio, and he simply said, "I can't comment on that part. I would say that it was a great night overall at the forum." Yeah, well, they took him all off their socials. They took him off the uh, website and stuff like that. So they're really going all in on it. That's right. He's uh, no more merch in the store. Though I did notice on Pro Wrestling Tees, he has like two shirts, and one of them is with him on the cover of Forbes saying the hottest young free agent in pro wrestling. So, but yes, uh, they've removed him from everywhere they can. He should have a shirt that just says Tony Khan is a mark. <laughs> a effing mark. Yeah, I didn't want to swear, but yeah. <laughs> that, that was classic. Now, uh, we mentioned Sam Punk. Now, he'll be stepping away from action for a little while. Broken foot, he's just had surgery. Apparently that went successfully, but he's still going to be the AEW champion. Uh, AEW are going to crown an interim champion with John Moxley facing either Hiroshi Tanahashi or Hiroki Goto at Forbidden Door for the interim championship. What do you think about this, Benny? Yeah, look, uh, 
I guess you got to keep the title. I don't know. Like, I reckon you should just strip him of the title and then make him work for it again when it comes back. You know, he had that that rise when he came back. There was the fanfare when he came back the first time. Then he slowly but surely built up. He's got the title. Let's just strip it off him and make him do it all again. <laughs> because how much would the crowd get behind him? Like, you know, you've got nothing. They're going to love him even more. He's got to climb back to the top and everything. He's going to come back with the title. Then it's going to be obviously whoever's got the interim title will fight him for the title, I guess. And then we go from there. I mean, it's got to be Mox, right? Like, and then we're going to get a Moxley so. Punk match. Yeah, I, I did read somewhere the other day, though, that because uh, they reckon at Forbidden Door it's going to be a Carter versus Hangman, which, I mean, we'll get to, we can get to, I guess. But um, I think they want to swap the titles around. So Why not? Think, like, Tanahashi will actually win the AEW title and Hangman will win the New Japan title. And then they'll have them on the opposite shows. So that way it gives both like promotions a bit more, you know. It wouldn't su- it wouldn't surprise me. AEW uh, are good with like kind of doing stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think is, you know, the right way to do things. Yeah, yeah. So but you'd think like you you would think that it has to be mocks. Like you can't imagine Sam well, Sam Punk was meant to fight uh Tanahashi, I guess. So that's where you came out the other day, didn't he? And stuff. Yeah. So uh, it could happen. It could happen, but yeah, who knows with AEW? That's the just, fun of it, right? Just give it to MJF and let's play. <laughs> now, there's been a few other injuries. Brian Danielson's banged up. Jeff Hardy's banged up, though. He will be uh, wrestling again next week. Scorpio Sky's banged up as well. So uh, I've had a few few injuries there in AEW. Now, at Double or Nothing, which we will get to, but we had uh, two new people joining the roster. We had uh, Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, is now All Elite, as well as Stokely Hathaway, a.k.a. Malcolm Bivens. Bivens, yeah. Bivens is over there. So they're now um, All Elite. And he's uh, he's tied himself up with uh, Jade. So yeah, good, good mouthpiece for her. Absolutely. And we saw the return of Miro, finally, after, yes. after so long destroying uh, Johnny Elite. I thought that was a brilliant promo before his match. And then he came out to that same little weird run with the, like the, the Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo Sioux. And I was like, it just didn't match the promo that he just did. He should just walked out all mean and tough and just like, nah. So I was a bit disappointed with that, but yeah, Miro's back, which is good. Yes, I love Miro. He likes to talk about God. Good on Miro. <laughs> um, he's going to, he's going to take God down now. He's going to take yeah. over. So there you go. Uh, yeah. I think didn't the McMahons wrestle God? Um, well, yeah. I'm sure Michael's was in there, wasn't he? There, <laughs> Something like that. Um, congratulations, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti getting engaged in Paris. Uh, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Especially straight after he kicked her in the face only a couple of days beforehand. So they um, they have they can possibly be one of the, the greatest heel couples if they just keep this going. Yeah. He's um Somebody I read on Twitter or something like that. It was like he's, he uh, engages to more, he, uh, proposes to more women than what he does have title matches or something like that. That is good stuff. Now we saw a debut on Dynamite. Uh, Will Ospreay. Wow, that was that was crazy when he came out. Eh? I did I did not expect to see him on AEW Dynamite. Obviously, he's still part of the New Japan roster, but uh, came out on Dynamite and ambushed FTR and Trent Barretta. He just does the little turn around they just turn around and just get smashed so that was pretty he, good. he's incredible whoever uh, whoever he faces at forbidden door it's going to be a lot of fun yeah 
Um, uh, who do you think it's going to be? Like, obviously, you'd want somebody like, um, oh, Daniels, Brian Danielson, maybe, or that'd be a good match. It's got to, it's got to be someone big. I mean, I know he attacked FTR and um, Tremperetta, but you know they've got to go for some tag titles or something like that. But yeah, it's got to be someone big because Osprey is a star. Well, how far away is Kenny Omega? I think he's still a few months away. Uh, like they've they've had some battles in the past and stuff, but that'd be imagine that it should be just cool. just give give him the uh, the old Seth Rollins treatment of a mystery opponent. Yeah, then bring someone in anyway. That'd, that'd be good. Well, also we- on Dynamite, we had a new title, yes. the All Atlantic Championship. Um, I guess uh, they had a they're having a tournament to decide. The people in the tournament are all from different countries. We had Buddy Matthews representing us. Uh, he lost to uh, lost to the bastard. Can't can't lose to England. Come on, buddy. Um, what about? Did you see when he spiked him off that that move he did off the top row? Yeah. What was? I've never seen that. That was crazy. Like obviously he's done it before, but the way Matthews took it, it was just like I thought he was dead. Like I thought he was brown bread. That was all over. You know. What I mean? He, he is an absolute talent, Buddy Matthews. But. Yeah. In any case, so they've got the tournament. They got uh, Penta, Malachi Black, Ethan Page, Miro, and two of the wrestlers from New Japan. They're gonna have a fatal four-way at Forbidden Door uh, to figure out who the new All Atlantic champion was. It kind of came out of nowhere. This title belt. Yeah, it was very weird. It was considering we got the well, we'll talk about it at Double or Nothing. We got the other two title belts, the Owen Hart title belts. Yeah, but like they're just gonna be for trophy, I guess. They're not really. A, they're never gonna be defended and then this title just came out of nowhere they, I'm all for having another title like it's good because it gives other people something to go for they said new titles and i thought okay they're bringing the trios titles out but no all atlantic very interesting moving on benny to wwe news now we've seen that stephanie man she's taken a leave of absence from wwe president nick khan took over her responsibilities for a few weeks they have announced her replacement Former Man U Chief Marketing Officer Catherine Newman. So wow. uh, there was a bit of speculation that Stephanie, uh, her performance might not have been uh, up to scratch, but I would think uh, the marketing officer for Man U will do a pretty good job of marketing WWE. Yeah, well, I was reading an article earlier today that was saying um, they sort of foreshadowed it when Vince was on, um, what's his name's podcast? Can't Pat McAfee's yeah. podcast. Yeah, sorry. Um, and he said how he's, uh, he demands and expects more from his family members that are in the business and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden Stephanie's gone. So, I mean, there could be some underlying stuff there. I don't know. Like that's all behind the scenes, obviously it's not, yeah. it's not on camera stuff. So there's something going on there, especially considering Shane left not long ago as well. So. Yeah. She, she did say it was uh, to, you know, spend some more time with her family, but we will see if, if Stephanie makes her way back um, in not the greatest move for WWE. They've had to move money in the bank from Allegiant Stadium, uh, which I did a tour of. It was a beautiful stadium, to, <laughs> to their MGM Grand Garden Arena. So uh, enough tickets? They, yeah, I think uh, Roman was, they decided Roman was going to be off the show, didn't sell enough tickets, and they thought they'd move it. So uh, it was Cody as well, so I mean. Yeah, so, you know, they, they go to the place where the first Double or Nothing was held, uh, the MGM Grand Garden Arena. So Speaking of Roman, where's Roman? This new contract, this new Brock Lesnar contract that he's on, 
I don't think we're going to see him very often. Yeah, it's it like I, they do all this stuff to give him both belts and everything, and now he's just not there. Like, I just I'm a bit disappointed in it, to be honest. It's it hasn't really warmed to me at all. They, I mean, it's got to be time soon, right? I mean, I, I heard there was rumblings that he was going to face Riddle at Money in the Bank. Now that's, that's all gone. Riddle's probably going to face him just at, at SmackDown or Raw or something, um, and then we'll get Orton against Orton at SummerSlam against him at SummerSlam and then Brock Lesnar further down the road, I guess. Um, we will see what happens there with Roman. But I, Further down the road, like where? Like That's got to be a big one. We can't have it at Mania again, surely. Well, I mean, it's got to be... Rumble? The, the way things are looking, right? Cody should be back by the Rumble. Cody wins the Rumble. Cody wins the Rumble. WrestleMania, boyhood dream again, taking on... I mean, that's your mania moment for next yeah, year. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I, and then he just demolished at Suplex City by Brock. That'd be oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, speaking of big names, Bray Wyatt yes. has been hinting at his return. He's changed his Twitter handle again to Wyatt6. Mm. So he's gone back to the name Wyatt. He's released a series of tweets saying that everything good that has happened to him first came a period of horrible suffering. He's tired of watching and hearing irrelevant clowns speculate on how he'll be perceived. And then lastly, he finishes with patience. It's almost time. Mm. So this was all before Hell in a Cell? It was. And it spiked ticket sales. I was just going to say, ticket sales spiked when they thought that Bray was coming back. Even like uh, everyone buying it online and everything as well. So um, you never know. Vince might have put the call out it, just to try and get some sales up. With with the name back to Wyatt, it makes me think it might be a WWE thing. It has to be, surely. Like, why would he go back to that? And with Cody gone, there's a spot now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we will see. Now, when we're talking about WWE news, we've got to talk about the big walkout from Sasha and Naomi a few weeks ago. Gave up the women's tag team title belts. Uh, it's looking like they're not really going to do much with those title bets for now. They um, remain suspended indefinitely. All their merch has been removed from WWE shot, shop, but they are both still superstars on uh, WWE.com. Yeah, this was a weird one, really, wasn't it? Like, at first we thought, oh, they've just walked out. Then I thought, oh, it's, nah, it's, it's a work, you know, like it's all, all a bit of fun. But I just don't know now. Like some of the tweets that Naomi's put out as well, it's, it's kind of... I don't know what's going on there. I thought it was a work for sure. And now, yeah, it's it's absolutely 100% true. And there's well, people from... I think it was a work, though, is the fact that they mentioned it on WWE television. And then they put out that statement. I've never seen them put out a statement like that before. That was really weird. Yeah. So, um, yeah they're, they're making a point, I think. Yeah, 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 true. Like, if you want to do this, do it. And, like, we'll just screw you over really yeah but speaking of which i read somewhere yesterday that there's there's more cuts coming so what's going to happen in wwe like they seem to do it every three to six months at the moment so we're yeah. probably due for some more i guess so with those tag team titles it's just they're probably better off putting them on the shelf for now to be honest till they get there's no one else to do it like they need a secondary singles title if anything yeah like the intercon- women's intercontinental title or something like that, rather than having the tag titles, because they're just throwing together teams that aren't teams. Or have the tag titles go between any show, including NXT. Yeah, that works, I guess. Um, speaking of NXT, uh, 
Apollo Cruz. I was just going to say literally what I was about to say. Apollo's down there. Apollo has returned to NXT. Uh, sans Nigerian accent. That's yeah, gone now. He's just gone. No more um, so him and Commander Aziz have both moved to the NXT Superstars uh, page. Aziz was nowhere to be seen at the time, though. He was nowhere to be seen. But it looks like Apollo will challenge Bron Breaker at some stage for the title. So that's uh, interesting. And Roxanne Perez won the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Now, she'll get the choice to either face Mandy Rose or she can face Toxic Attraction for the tag title. So we, we will see what happens there. Uh, that'll be a bit of a feud going, I guess. But you'd go for the title, wouldn't you? You wouldn't go for the tag. You would think so. You would think so. Now, someone who hasn't been in WWE's good books, and it looks like there's been some fences mended, Ric Flair. Oh, now, you're talking about yourself, mate. I was like, what did you do? <laughs> Ric Flair... He's set to return to the ring July 31st for Ric Flair's last match. Reports are that it's going to be a six-person tag with FTR, uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Now he's been training with Jay Lethal. We will see who pops up in that match. Uh, they haven't released any names apart from Ric Flair. Did you see that they're selling it for $199? Fight TV? Are you serious? I, I did read, not see I that. I read somewhere today. So you get you get all... It's, it's like a package deal or something like that, but to watch the match it's like you get all this backlog of rick flair and you get some other stuff on fight tv and whatever else but it's 199 dollars 99 cents to buy wow so that's, that's a lot like, for that's a lot for an old guy to wrestle he's what is he 97 now or something? <laughs> like, although i did see jay lethal throw him off the top rope the other day it was it was pretty soft but i mean yeah I, it's gonna be it's not gonna be fun to watch sure uh, i mean hopefully ftr take the majority of the the bumps yeah, well, you'd think so. But who's who's going to partner? Who's who? They, who's going to go against him? Rock and Roll Express and someone. Yeah, well, it, it was originally talked that it was going to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, yeah. wasn't it? So oh, that's the '80s again. Woo! Yeah, wow, interesting. But anyway, I was saying that his mended fence with the WWE. They are working together with uh, for a two-hour documentary on the yeah, unknown right. history of Ric Flair. So he's he's back in the good graces of WWE, apparently. Yeah, time time heals all wounds, they reckon. Apparently. Never say never in the wrestling business. Especially WWE. Um, now, let's move on to the indies very quickly. Matt Cardona, torn bicep. He could be out for some time. Uh, Long Island IC. <laughs> King Maybe of the death seven, match. You know? How many titles has he got at the moment? 77? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I heard him tell a story about trying to get through airport security and uh, that was just a nightmare. Or uh, And after he... Uh, had his match with Nick Gage where everything was covered in blood. They security legit thought that he'd murdered someone. <laughs> um, also, uh, W Morrissey, William Morrissey, whatever you want to call him, big Cass. He's left impact reports are that WWE is interested in him again. Did you hear what storyline they wanted to do with him? No, I did not. They want to bring him in as edges, younger brother. Yeah. That's what I read. <laughs> Well, I guess yeah. They this, has just, got, this has got Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan written all over. They just again. do what they want, don't they? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, you bring him back. We all know who he is. Like, exactly. It just, it just doesn't matter. And you can't put a mask on him or something like that. Or like, it just. Oh, uh, who knows? At WWE, they'll probably re- rename him as well. No more big cast. It'll be yeah, someone else. Uh, New Japan quickly. Ace Austin has officially joined the Bullet Club. Uh, at the best of the Super Juniors event. So maybe we will see him at Forbidden Door. But Benny, we've got 
a lot to get through. Let's get straight into Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing, you want to go first? Now, you know, for our previews, we usually do a couple of little, I give you a little test. Oh, no, don't do this. So I've got a couple of, couple of little ones for you, just for a bit of fun. Now, this is the fourth Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Returned to Vegas this year after two years at Daly's Place due to the pandemic. But Tony Khan said he wants Double or Nothing to be in Vegas every year. The last two years' main events have been stadium stampede matches. But, Benny, can you tell me what the main event was for the very first Double or Nothing? Was it Mox? No? Well, you would be close in saying that, but it wasn't Mox. Did he come out afterwards? Yeah, that's right. That was Mox's debut. I remember. I knew he was around. I do remember. That's right. But Jericho? Jericho and Kenny Omega uh, had a had a match to determine who would face Hangman Adam Page at All Out to become inaugural AEW World Champion, uh, which was won by Jericho. Now, as you mentioned, John Moxley he he debuted. Can you tell me who he beat the following year in the world title match? Jericho. I'll give you a little hint. lost me Brody lee that was oh, uh right dark order for the for, yeah okay it was for the aew title was it? yeah mox was champion and he defended oh, the title right. against Brody lee okay i thought you meant winning it at last year's event who ended hikaru shida's record-setting title reign nah wait dmd dr Britt baker there you go. All right. Not too good with double or nothings, Benny, but Mate, you know, you... double or nothing. You know, I've, I've only just started easing into AEW. I, I know. I the know. Last six months I've gone all in, but I mean, yeah, I see what I did there. I did see what you did there. <laughs> Hopefully you got some of them at home, but let's get into it. The buy in Hookhausen against Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Mostly a comedic match, especially Very. with Dan Housen, you know, posing with Hook while he did his cool don't look at the opponent thing at the start of the match, which was cool. Dan Housen and Hook, they're just so over. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. It's such a, like, a I, weird combination. But... I mean, I, I haven't seen much of Dan Housen, to be honest, uh, know, you know, know, in the indies or anything. But he is so over. Yeah, and they love him. from what I can see, he doesn't do much. No. I mean, I know he came in with an injury, but... But, like, he kind of... I thought he was going to be the same sort of, like, Orange Cassidy sort of thing. But it's just... He's even, like, stupider, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, there's just the stuff that he goes on with. Like, he's more like a valet, like a manager or something like that. More yeah. Than an actual wrestler, so. So, the match ended. Uh, Hook got the hot tag, suplexed Sterling, and then tagged in Danhausen to do the foot on Sterling's chest for the three count. What did you rate it, Benny? Mate, I only gave this a calf count. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get into that. Like, I know you said they're over and everything, but I can't get I, Hook, I'm not a fan of Hook at all. No. Nah, I just can't warm to him at all. Fair enough. I gave it a one count. I thought it was—it wasn't much of a match, but it was fun. Yeah, I, it was I, funny. I enjoyed myself. The Gaga, the Gaga was the, really the Gaga. Now, as for what's next, Hookhausen. I think it's got legs. I think it's a good role for Hook while he's still finding his feet as a wrestler. Plus, they're going to sell a ton of merch. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> now. First match of the card. What a doozy. MJF and Wardlow. If Wardlow wins, he's free of MJF. We finally got it. 
obviously there was some added spice with MJF no showing the meet and greet rumors that he had a flight home booked. He did the, the plane thing, um, but he showed up. There were some funny moments, including MJF getting caught trying to use the dynamite diamond ring, but it was funny. all Wardlow, 10 power bombs before pinning him for the squash win. I gave it a one and a half count. It, it wasn't a match, but because this was a payoff for two years in the making, uh, it got the, the kind of extra half from me. Yeah, it's like you're reading my notes, mate. I only <laughs> gave it the one count, so you gave it that extra half, and I literally said it wasn't much of a match was my actual quote that I've got here. But the storytelling was so good. Like, Absolutely. Like just the way MJF played that chicken shit heel at the beginning, kept running out of the ring and all that kind of stuff. And then once he got his hands on him, it was just powerbomb, 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 powerbomb. Did you say ten, 10 all up, was it? 10, ten all up. 10 all up. 10 all up. I didn't want to keep saying it, but yeah. Each, the reference to Sean Spears. The 10. 10. Perfect 10. Um, now, That's Wardlow... Wardlow now has his sight set on the TNT title, sc- called out Scorpio Sky. So once Scorpio's healthy, uh, we'll see that. And then we've got the MJF, Tony Khan firing storyline to keep us entertained for a while. So, Well, this is what we were talking about with the MJF stuff as well. It's, it's like the McMahon-Austin era kind of thing. But, but it's the other way around. Yeah, it's, it's inverse. Like MJF's going to be the... like. The, the baby essentially and no, the other way around like the, the wrestler's the heel and the boss is the baby yeah. face which is so and and tony i mean aw fans love tony khan they do but they loved mjf in that and they almost turned on tony khan at the same time in that in that pipe bomb so it'll be interesting to see what they i can't see him can't get me in the ring though no no i mean he stays backstage for the most part and i think that's where he belongs um moving on we had the what was billed as a dream match? The Hardys and the Young Bucks. I'm not sure it delivered. Maybe. Jeff seemed pretty sluggish. Reportedly, uh, from his match with Darby Allen, uh, he was pretty banged up. Bucks came out to an Elvis impersonator doing that super was... kick party. That was fun. Um, they were decked out in Elvis looking gear. It was a fun watch. At one point, uh, the Hardys kept begging for and getting super kicks, which was, uh, they looked like pretty decent super kicks as well. Solid, solid connections there. At one point, uh, Jackson's hit the twist of fate and the swanton for a near fall. Um, but after Jeff Hardy hit a swanton onto Matt Jackson on the ring steps on the outside, a Matt twist of fate, another Jeff swanton, the Hardys got the pin. Very surprised with that result, to be honest. Like, Absolutely. Um, the, the Hardys, as you said, look, Jeff looks sluggish. Matt's looked terrible for a while, in my opinion. So I still thought they put on a pretty good match overall. Obviously, the Young Bucks sort of seem to carry it a lot more. But um, I gave it. I actually gave it a two count personally. Two count. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was it was surprisingly good. Okay, I gave it a one and a half. Like the Hardys look old, which they makes do sense. Look old. Which they makes are. sense because they are old, right? Yeah. Uh, the Bucks enough, carried right? it, even though it was fun. Um, I think when one team's far superior than the other in the ring, it kind of hurts. So got the one and a half from me. Still enjoyable though. And as for what's next, the Hardys, Bucks, and Jurassic Express will go at it for the AEW Tag Team titles in a ladder match on Dynamite next week. Ooh. Here's the hot tip, Benny. I think the titles are changing hands. Back to the Bucks? I think the Bucks will get it. Yeah, that's fair. That's my pick. I don't know. The, 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 like, they've been going all right. They just seem to keep holding on. So Jurassic Express, so I don't know. I will tell you why a little bit later in the show. Oh, I love it when he gives us this one, folks. Give you a tease. TBS Championship match. Your girl, Anna Jay. Yes. 
against Jade Cargill. What a match. (laughs) (laughs) So much interference in this one. We had the baddies, Smart Mark Sterling, Johnny Hungy, then Stokely Hathaway came out who distracted uh, Jay and allowed Cargill to hit Jaded for the win. After the match, Chris Statlander ran down. And then we got the debut of Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon. Yeah, brilliant match. Lovely, you know, really sold us. Oh, I can't even say it. I can't even. I gave it a half count. It was it was all to set up the whole Athena entrance and that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, poor Anna. Poor Anna. She just, she doesn't get a good rub there. No, I, I gave it a one count. They probably could have put on a pretty decent match, but there was just too much, too, too much going on. You know, yeah. Kugel's incredible. And these kind of matches, they're going to help her, you know, get better. Um. So maybe maybe it's a good in that form, but and also had no build up. There was like seven extra people that came out or something like that. Yeah. Like, so, so it looks like well, we're getting Athena and Cargill soon, but I don't think uh, Athena is going to take the title offer. Um, or maybe we'll see a trios match with all these women. Okay. Speaking of trios matches, we then go Ooh. to House of Black and Death Triangle. Plenty of theatricality in this one, and plenty of in reaction. So much going on. Malachi Black is a bona fide star. Wow. At one point, Buddy King launched himself over the top rope, which was pretty amazing. Uh, Pack hit the hit Black with a low blow. He's about to perform the Black Arrow before lights go out, come back on. We finally see Julia Hart. She's in the ring. She spits the mist in his eyes, setting him up for the Black Max and the House of Black win. I gave this a two and a half count. I had a two and a half and I went back to a two. This match had everything. All the competitors were amazing. I think it was almost match of the night. It was match of the night. Oh, I'm, yeah, I've, I've got another match that's better than it, but okay, yeah. But the, they're both, uh, this was just a spot fest, but it was a fun spot fest. It still told a story. And then, um, you know, obviously with the lights going out and she's gone from like really like, light to dark hasn't she yeah like big change there so that was good to see hopefully she's got the chops to pull it off yeah i think with those three that that are already there though like you don't have to do much with malachi black like he sort of controls that narrative you know so absolutely um it was it was still a really good match though it was a really good good match match. julie hart now officially a member of the house of black plenty of stables to feud with but i think we're going to continue this rivalry Obviously, Puck and Buddy, Buddy Matthews had their match on Dynamite. Um, yeah, Penta and uh, and Black are also in the All-Atlantic title tournament, so I guess we'll see more there. We move on to the Men's Owen Hart Foundation final. Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, relatively short match. Bobby Fish interference and distraction allowed Adam Cole to hit Samoa Joe with a knee to the back of the head for the win. Um I, I still gave it a one and a half count. So um, I, I thought it, it, it was short and sweet. Um, they managed to make Joe look like a badass while still losing. And Cole is the classic heel. Um, so yeah, I gave it one and a half. I gave it one and a half as well. And I pretty much, my notes here is like, it was a match. Like if that makes sense, like it didn't do anything wrong, but it didn't do anything like amazing at the same time. Yeah. So, but it was just a, a good, solid, quick match. If you know what I mean, which this, this pay-per-view did go long. It was a long pay-per-view. So, I mean, you had to find some space to bring it back a little bit, I guess. Exactly. As as what's next, you mentioned earlier, uh, 
Hangman Page came out and asked for a shot at uh, Akata. Cole interjected. So maybe we get some more Hangman Cole. Uh, maybe it's a, a triple threat at Forbidden Door. I mean, Akata Wait, still has... hang on. You are reading my notes. <laughs> well, Akata still has Jay White uh, to take exactly on for the title. So maybe we see a four-way there. Uh, actually, there That's you go. exactly what it says right there. Fatal wow. four-way. Mate, great minds. At least we know we're on the same wavelength here, right? Eh? Great minds think like that will be a cracker cracking, of a match. Cracking fatal four-way match. Absolute cracker of a match. Jeez, I hope they do that. I'm excited <laughs> now. Quick, call Tony. Let's get him on the <laughs> call phone. Tony. I'll get him on the phone. We next had the Women's Owen Hart Foundation final. Britt Baker, Ruby Soho. Fozzie's a guitarist, played Britt Baker to the ring as he's done before. But then we got Rancid playing Ruby to the ring, which was pretty cool. Uh, Soho at one point locked in the sharpshooter. <laughs> You're not a big fan of Rancid, Benny. Oh, I'm just not a fan of Ruby either, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Soho locked in the sharpshooter. Baker got to the ropes. And then uh, when Soho rolled her up, Brick countered into, a, into another pin for the win. Bit of a throwback to Owen beating Brett at Mania 10, yeah. um, which, which was a cool way to end it. Uh, so Britt Baker wins. Martha Hart then presents Cole and Baker with their uh, Owen Hart title belts and the cup. I thought, I honestly thought seeing as Cole won, they were going to go with Soho so that it wouldn't be the couple that won the, the both, both wins. So um, I thought it was a pretty good match though. I like, to be honest, like it, it was nothing crazy. I gave it a one and a half count, but it, yeah, it, it did the job. You know what I mean? I but gave I thought, it a one and a half. I thought Ruby was going to win. I gave it a one and a half as well. I thought it was a good showing from both of them. To, to me, I actually thought because Cole won, I felt like it was a foregone conclusion that Baker was going to win. Yeah, okay. So they definitely have them both. See, because if, if you had Ruby and Cole both up there looking at each other, because he's just beat, she's just beaten his misses, like would have thrown a bit like something in the works. Could have made could have made something interesting. Now, here's where I got stumped, Benny, thinking of what's next for these two. Mm-hmm. What do you have any idea? I mean, I I know Baker has had issues with Jamie Hayter. Maybe it's time for Baker to go on her own, but then yeah. I've I, been saying that for like three months though. Like one, when when's one of them gonna like have a crack and try and get Brit by herself? So Ruby, as I said, I don't really like her, so I'm kind of eh. she seems to just join another another female all the time and just Ruby's problem is she keeps losing. They give yeah, her these a pushes and they just and they just bury her like. She needs a push, like a, a women's title shot against Rosa, but then she'll probably lose that as well. Uh, and it looks like Tony Storm's going to get that shot. Here's what I think. Here's what I came up with. We need a Ruby heel turn. Yeah. I now, just... we, we almost, I mean, the crowd were booing her in her last promo before uh, the Owen Hart. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, people can, she can use that. I think she would be a good heel. That's that's where I think she needs to go. Did, just just on a quick side, have you seen the uh, AEW doing carpool karaoke? I, I think have. I tagged you in it, and she's sitting in the front Stop. like that. Yeah, Stop. drop. But it was just like just watching Ruby do that. I was like, I just my skin crawled. I was like, what is she doing? She just makes me feel so awkward. It was a very odd pairing, MJF yeah. Ruby and Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs just sitting there, just but yeah. That was funny. I think there's a couple coming out as well. They're doing quite a few different ones. Though. I think there was four of them with uh, Brian Danielson, Britt Baker, Christian, and Punk. Yeah. All in a car. So that should that's, be interesting. That's another weird combination. Very weird combination. Um, anyway. S- speaking of 
weird combinations. Ah, I guess it's not so weird. We had the mixed trios match. Guevara, Conti, and Kazarian against Men of the Year and Paige Van Sant. Look, heel v heel matches are very hard to pull off, and they failed here. Uh, failed abysmally. Like, obviously, Paige got the win. That was her first win, first pin. Great. Um, you had the whole, you know, as I talked about before, uh, getting kicked in the face. But um, I just, it, they really missed the mark with this one. Yeah, we, we got some fun spots. I mean, Conti going head first into Guevara's nether regions at one point was <laughs> kind of funny. Um, obviously, Sammy, when he hit Ty, it was because he was going for a cheap shot on Kazarian. Um, match ended Scorpio hitting Kazarian with the TKO. Yeah, I gave it a one count. I gave um, it a one as well. Yeah, I didn't even put any notes. I just thought I was going to add lib for that one. It just they just missed the mark for me. Van Zant's coming along, but she still looks pretty green. She's got a long way to go. Um, she, did, she did hit a. I think she hit a Mishinoku driver at one stage. Yeah, that was pretty like pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, I think the problem is is like Men of the Year and Sammy Guevara, like, and hey, even Frankie Kazarian. We're accustomed to seeing a lot more from these guys. Yeah, yeah that's And I, I think that hurt the match as well. It was just disappointing. Yeah. Um, as for what's next, Sammy and Ty, as I said, I think they can be one of the greatest heel couples if they continue with it. Get all these people away from each other, um, which I think is kind of what they're doing. Scorpio Sky looks like he's going to feel with Wardlow. Yeah. Um, get back to being a heel. Van Zant needs more work. You know, they can protect her a bit until she's ready. Um, I don't think she's going to have a singles match for, for some time. There you go. There's where Ruby can go. Ruby can go on now feud with Paige. Take another loss. <laughs> Poor Ruby. Poor yeah. Ruby. All right. We then had the singles match, Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen in a very randomly thrown together match. Uh, I, I literally wrote this was a weird one. Like what? what Allen the- trying to get revenge on O'Reilly hurting Sting. Um in any case, O'Reilly uh, caught an Allen coffin drop into a choke and an armbar. Eventually, the Red Dragon member hit a big knee to score probably his biggest win in AEW so far. That's fair. Uh, and I actually gave it a one and a half count. I gave it a one and a half as well. Like, I didn't think it was a bad match. No. I just thought it was a, just a bit of a weird sort of, like, it just didn't feel like it was going to happen or something. I don't know. It just, But, yeah, I thought it was still a good match. Darby loves throwing his body around, though, doesn't he? Like... <sighs> He's not going to be in wrestling for too much longer, surely. No, no. A few more years and then he's done. Yeah. Um, I think they're really trying to put Kyle O'Reilly over at the moment. I mean, he won that he Battle Royal, Royal. Yeah. to take on Mox. He had a great match with Mox. Um, I like Kyle O'Reilly too. I think he's good. Um, I was watching the other day uh, Cody's last big promo in AEW where he was talking about the Bucks taking on Red Dragon. And he was saying, I don't need the Bucks to see uh, to see them take on any more developmental talent. <laughs> Ooh. Red Dragon doing pretty well these days. Yeah, um, speaking of the devils, there they are. There you go. Red Dragon. Jeez, you're wearing I got Benny oh, sure. a couple of got Benny a couple of shirts while I was overseas. He's wearing them all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society is coming out later, but we've got the Red Dragon and we've got the 1D going on. Very nice. It's a now, bit cold in here, man. It's cold <laughs> in Sydney. For those of you not in Sydney right now, it's freezing. It's freaking freezing. Um, so O'Reilly, as we mentioned, got the shot at Moxley, put on a decent match. Uh, I think we're going to see Red Dragon in, in more tag team matches, hopefully uh, involved with the tag team titles. Yeah, well, I guess O'Reilly's had that little singles push, you know, like 
It keeps him that little singles thing. They know what he can do. Go back, Red Dragon, go for some titles or something like that. And then they can both... Well, O'Reilly looks more like the one that's going to have more singles chance than Fish. So, I mean... Absolutely. And I guess Darby's just got to wait till Sting comes back, right? Yeah, well, I guess he could do something with Danhausen or Hookhausen or something like that. You know, he could join them for a little... <laughs> trios. Get the face, trios going. Face-painted boys. <laughs> Uh, we then move on to the AEW Women's World Championship match. Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. In a hard-fought match, Thunder Rosa retained her belt after a fire Thunder driver. Now, I gave this a two-count. I gave it a two-count as well. It was a bit of a technical masterclass, really. Like, I, I am not a Deeb fan. No. Um, at I'm all. I'm not a Rosa fan either. You, you're a bit of a Rosa fan. but A little bit, but but not massively. But this this match sold them both to me. They both looked great in the ring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two count for me. I expected to be looking away or, you know, go to the bathroom or popcorn match, you know, as I like to call them. But um, I actually, yeah, I, I couldn't get up. I was, I was intrigued in the match and I enjoyed it. So I gave it a two count as well. They, they did a good job. So it looks like Rose is going to be taking on Tony Storm for the AEW women's title now. Uh, yeah, Storm awesome. saved her from an attack from Marina Schaefer. As for Deed, I don't know. Here's another one uh, I was thinking. Maybe they put her with Ruby. Tag team or against each other? No, against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they want to keep Ruby a face, yeah. put her against Deeb and uh, I guess eat another pin. Uh, <laughs> the pin eater. The pin eater. Ruby Soho. We then had the Anarchy in the Arena match. The Jericho Appreciation Society against the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. Chaos from the opening belt to try and explain what happened in you this can't. match. We just don't have enough time. You can't. It was um, just a bloodbath. It was brutal. Moxley's wild. Moxley was the last to come to the ring, and Wild Thing just kept playing. Yeah. Over and over and over again until Jericho smashed the soundboard. <laughs> uh, fighting in the crowd, the concession area, blood everywhere. After brawling in the back with Daniel Garcia, Kingston reemerged, covered in blood, can of gasoline, which gasoline. is now. Now, that picture of him covered in blood with the gasoline's become a shirt in itself. Yeah. Um, Dumped the gasoline all over Jericho and Brian Danielson. And Danielson had to stop him from lighting Jericho on fire. Then those two brawled until Jericho leveled them. Then Hagar sent Mox into a table full of barbed wire. It, it was do yourself happening. a favor, everybody go and watch it if you haven't watched that match. The, the match ended when Danielson passed out. While he's yeah. locked in the walls of Jericho and Hagar had a ring rope around his neck. <laughs> just choking him. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, just just the casually, casual pass out. Casual uh, choke. Don't worry about it. What did you rate this one, Betty? Man, I gave it two and a half. I loved it. Uh, it was my it was my match of the of the, the night. Like just had so much in it. Like it was just just everywhere and everything and just full on. It so was. I loved it. I, I gave it a two. Uh it was Bill Zanarchy in the arena, and that's what we got. That just was... spots. Stuff taking years off these guys' careers. Yeah. You know, so much fun to watch. Uh, as for what's next, Danielson's out for a little bit, I'm assuming. Uh, Mox is challenging for the interim world title. Kingston looks like he's still got his sights set on the Jericho Appreciation Society. So, well, Jericho's, so, Jericho could lose his hair next week. Yeah, hair versus hair match. Yeah. Um, a bald Jericho. I know. I've been we, trying to think of it. So it's it's weird. We've seen him with short hair. We've seen the short hair, Jericho. It's going to be weird. I don't know if he'll go all the way bald. He might just go short again. 
I because I, I think Kingston's going to get involved, and I think he might lose. I think he might put him over. Put him he's over. You think? I I think if Jericho's going to lose his hair, he's going to do it at a pay per view. That's yeah. my thought on it. Yeah, that's fair. We then move on. The AEW Tag Team Championship match, Jurassic Express, Team Taz, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Plenty of action in this one. Stereo moonsaults from the champs to kick things off. We got a Keith Lee dive over the top rope. That's Incredible. A scary, scary sight. All three teams in control at some point. But uh, a Jurassic Express from the champs on Swerve uh, got the win in the end. What did you rate this one, Benny? Uh, I gave it a two count, to be honest. I thought it was still a pretty good match. Lot I of gave, action, lot of action. It was pretty entertaining. I gave it a two and a half. Wow. Okay. I thought it was tag team wrestling at its best. All these guys are on their game. I wasn't sold on Swerve and Keith Lee until now. I'm all yeah. in now. Well, then at the Battle Royal, Swerve threw Keith Lee out. So Eliminated I mean, him. So Yeah, a little... Yeah, if they, they won't break him up already. But, I mean, it's, it's just a friendly rivalry. you got to do what you got to do. But they seem to work all right. They seem to work well. What, what do you think's next for, for any of these guys, Benny? Uh, well, Jurassic Express, they've got the title match coming up, obviously, which you talked about before, which you think they're going to lose. So Swerve and Lee, they'll both still do individual things but sort of hang around together. Um, no, I don't know about the others. Like, it's not it, – it's the problem with AEW as well is there's so many tag teams. Absolutely. And they need a second set of tag team belts. They, they really do. Like it's just, The TBS tag team titles. <laughs> the All-Atlantic tag team titles. <laughs> so it, it's tough to, to see what's going to happen with that. Here's what I think. Now, I alluded to this earlier in the show. Christian heel turn. Yeah, well, they did, they did uh, tease it a few months back. It's been brooding for a while. Brooding for a oh, while. Oh, see what you did there. Um, I'm hoping we get it soon. I think... He's got to cost them the titles. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen for that to, what needs to happen for that to happen. But um, it'd be funny if he did it to get the Hardys the victory. Christian helps the Hardys get the titles. There you like, go. In a ladder match, that would be okay. I could see that happening. Foreshadowing from there. I could see that happening. Um, I, I I would love Swerve and Lee to get involved again, but that's just because they sold me. Um, but yes, we then move on to the main event, AEW World Championship match, Hangman Adam Page, CM Punk, the one all us punk marks have been waiting for, the in- inevitable <laughs> AEW title match, despite punk twice botch- botching the buckshot lariat. It was a decent match. Uh, when the referee was knocked down, Hangman had the opportunity to use the title belt to take punk out. He hesitated, decided not to do it, uh, Punk countered a buckshot lariat into the GTS for the three count. Uh, how'd you rate with, this one, Benny? What was with that? Like Hangman's knee just went out on him, or what was? Yeah, it looked like he was limping for uh, yeah. from earlier in the match. So, so they've just that's how they've sold it. And then yeah, obviously the GTS. He does hit the mat hard when he comes flipping for that, that buckshot flip. lariat. Yeah, so. yeah. Now I um I gave it a one and a half count myself. Um, I thought there was some good storytelling, but it, it just felt like it lacked something and it was a bit clunky at times. There was a bit, you know, as you said, there was a couple of botches and stuff like that. It just sort of, it felt like it lacked something. Like it didn't feel main event, main event. Yeah. If that makes sense. Now I gave it a two. Now hear me out. Oh, uh, right. Mark, you're a I, mark. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it gets an extra half mark point. I gave it a one and a half. 
but I gave it the extra half for the fact of Punk winning the title, what it meant for the company, what the moment that it was. Um, but yeah, the match certainly loft, left a lot to be desired for a world title match. Yes. Um, yeah. But I still gave it a two. I'm, I'm a mark. Um, mark. <laughs> as we mentioned, Punk had to have surgery and Hangman wants a Carter. So plenty Great going match. on there. Great match there. Good pay-per-view. Oh, Good oh, pay yeah. Solid pay-per-view. Uh, as I said, it probably went a bit too long. There's a couple of matches they probably could have shortened and stuff. But, yeah, that was a very solid pay-per-view. It was a great watch. Absolutely. Great fun. Uh, I think because there's less pay-per-views too, the cards just seem stacked every time. Oh, yeah. Just looking at all the notes there, like, everybody is, like, massive. You know what I mean? So, and, there's, and they left people off. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was good. It was a really good watch. Definitely looking forward to Forbidden Door. Now, oh, we've got... That's going to be next level. It's, it's going to be so fun. Now, let's move on. WWE Hell in a Cell. This one will be uh, a lot quicker. This will be a lot quicker, but I've got some questions for you. No, Dylan. Let's see hell in how a cell, we go. It, it's, it's Hell in a Cell, and you know how I feel about these Hell in a Cells. Uh, tell us how you feel, Benny. Tell us how you feel. Pay-per-view. Why is it its own pay per view? There was one cell match, Dylan. <laughs> one cell match. One. What's the use? Oh, I love it. I love it. Just call it the june pay-per-view like really who cares it was may whatever they can't call it judgment day anymore because that's a stable uh (laughs) we'll get to that in a second now this is the first time wwe has held two pay-per-views in a row without a title match since 2017 uh benny including this year how many hell in a cell matches have there been now i'm going to give you an over under over or under 50 said 38 but now i'm thinking i'm wrong i'm gonna go i'm gonna say 49 over really with this year's cody and seth it's 51 there you go all up far off that's a lot that's a lot that goes all the way back to what 97 well here's the next question for you what was the name of the pay-per-view where the first hell in a cell took place bad blood got that one don't worry that was uh kane's kane's debut that's right. Now, not including this pay-per-view, uh, how many Hell in a Cell matches did Cody and Seth have between them before this pay-per-view? Has Cody even had one? I'm going to say three. Like, Seth was in it last year against Edge. He had the one against Bray or The Fiend, whatever it was. That's all, I, yeah. Five. Wow. Between them, uh, Ro- Rollins had four, yeah. and Cody's actually had one, where uh, it was DX against Legacy. Oh, yes, of course. In 2009. Bring uh, back Legacy. Now, I'm not going to ask you ha- who has the most appearances and wins, because that's a, that's a layup. Take who it. It's Taker. Who has the second most appearances and wins? I want to say Triple H. You would be correct. Yeah. Nine appearances, I, and six wins. I was going to say, I didn't, I'm surprised he's had that many wins, though, because I feel like he always takes the loss. Six wins out of the nine. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty that's good. Unlikely, Taker right? only has eight wins out of 14. So, wow. A good winning percentage there for Triple H. Now, as we mentioned, I know you hate the fact that there's a Hell in a Cell pay per view and there's <laughs> one, one Hell in a Cell match. Um, what year had the most 
Hell in a Cell matches in one night? Well, actually, no. I'll, I'll, I'll phrase this one differently. How many? How many is the most Hell in a Cell matches in one night? Five. The answer is three. Oh, damn. And I was it's just happened... trying to hope that it was going to be a lot. And it's happened three times. In 2009, we got Take a Punk, Orton versus Cena and DX and Legacy. 2016, we got Reigns versus Rusev, Owens versus Rollins, and Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks. 2020, we got Roman Reigns against Jey Uso, Sasha Banks and Bailey, and Orton taking on Drew McIntyre. So there you go. Three is the most. But it makes sense, does it not? It does. Would if you're going to have a pay per view called Hell in a Cell, have a few Hell in a Cell matches. Exactly. Okay. Just because you have a pay per view called Royal Rumble and they're not all Royal Rumbles, that doesn't make, like, I get that. That's different. <laughs> But come seven, on. We're going to have seven Royal Rumble matches in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move into this card. We've got the Royal Women's Championship triple threat match to kick things off. Bianca Blair, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. All three had their moments to shine. It seemed very evenly balanced. All three were crisp, kept the crowd into it all the way through. At one point, Asuka had both opponents in the ankle lock, which was yeah. fun. Finished with Lynch hitting the manhandle slam on Asuka, who was then thrown out of the ring by Blair, who made the cover for the win. There's a sneaky little win from Bianca there. Like there's the that's a, like a little heel move, you know. Like it's just a few seeds there for future down the down the line. But um, I thought it was a pretty good match. I, I only gave it a one and a half, but I thought it was a pretty good match. I actually gave it a two and a half. Wow. I and I'm not a huge Bianca Belair fan. No. Um, but I I thought it was they kept the crowd into it. The, you know, it was it was just a really great match. It would have gotten a three if it had been inside the cell. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Uh, I just thought it was a bit clunky at the beginning of the match. Like it started a bit bit clunky. Just to, you, It always starts with the triple threat, you know, like it's yeah. who's going to do what. Who's going to be out of the ring while the other two fight. And then and then it was an underwhelming finish for me with the sneaky, sneaky little run in sort of. But what did you say to me the other day too? You said Blair's so over. She's almost as over, over as, as Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah. She really is. No, she maybe is. Not, not that much, but she's she's really over. Wardlow's over. Ward, yeah. Wardlow's over. Wardlow is over. Okay, what's next for these guys? We've got Rhea Ripley. She won a fatal four-way to earn the right to take on Belair at Money in the Bank. As much as I would love Rhea to win this one, I don't see that happening. Nah. They're saving Belair and Lynch one-on-one for SummerSlam for sure. So does does Becky win the Money in the Bank then? cash it in at SummerSlam or they don't need the ma- you probably Possibly. don't need that because there'll be billed for that match anyway yeah yeah absolutely so, now we saw Lynch she got a shot at the 24-7 title on Raw lost after a distraction by Asuka so I think we're getting a bit of a Lynch-Asuka feud yeah which, which will be alright for the time being uh, we then had the handicap match Bobby Lashley against Omos and MVP I'll be back uh, tell me when you're done <laughs> Well, what about before the match? We got to witness the music video diss track from that MVP. Was actually, that was all right. It had, was some fun, had some funny lines in there. Yeah, yeah um, that was all right. Saying that what, he was dissing Lashley's time as ECW champion, saying that ECW was like new Coke. <laughs> Interesting. Um, in any case, Lashley took the beating to start, got sent through the barricade by Omos. Uh, made that it was, back to the hard, ring. That was a hard. Actual that was that was a hard shot through the barricade. Yeah. Made it back to the ring. Cedric Alexander interfered on behalf of Lashley. Uh, sent Omos outside, and uh, then he locked in the hurt lock on MVP for the win. 
Lashley then celebrating with a fan's replica championship at ringside, which was cool. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, obviously, you know, don't ever get in my matches again, Cedric. That was a little... uh, But obviously, MVP takes the loss, not Omos, which is disappointing. Um, I gave it a half count. Wow. I just couldn't. You know, I just can't. He's just terrible. You just can't. I, I gave it a one count. It was what it was. I mean, Lashley's carrying Omos and like, look, Lashley's good, but I don't know if he's the kind of guy who you want to carry a match. Yeah. Um, he can be great in a match. He's powerful and impactful. Like, Yeah. Um, but carrying a match, MVP's got a little left in the tank. Um, he looked all right. He looked all right. Omos is improving. No. Um, Where? He, he doesn't look as terrible. Um, but, yeah, not a great match by any means. One count for me. Um, as for what's next, Lashley got interrupted by Theory. Interesting move from Theory there. Uh, he asked for a shot at the US title, to which Theory said no. No. Um, and then we had Omos and MVP having a run-in with the Dirty Dogs. We're getting a, a Dirty Dog face turn. Oh. See, the Dirty... I think Ziggler could carry... Omos, but yeah, well, I mean, was Ziggler oh, and Rude, Rude are Rude as well? Yeah, they're, they're workers, they're like, workers, they're absolute workers. So, yeah. I guess, yeah, rather than have one person carry him, let's have two. <laughs> um, well, they, so, yeah. they need two of them to pick him up. So, they, they all moved on fairly quickly from uh, from that match. Uh, we then move on to Ezekiel and Kevin Owens. Um, what, what do you make of this Ezekiel Elias stick, Benny? I, I didn't like it at first and now i think it's it's just funny like it's just stupid and funny well i don't i don't mind it yeah you're kind of you're kind of agreeing with me here like when it first came around i was like nah no. i'm i'm not into this but i think ko's made it though the way ko's uh, uh, yeah you're reading off my sheet here too yeah. benny seeing ko get pissed off that someone's lying is yeah. hilarious it's so funny like they did the lie detector test and everything and like absolutely just- hilarious but it's actually really good because, I mean, as Elias, you know, he had this shtick where he didn't actually really wrestle that much. No, now he um, So now we're getting to see what he can do as Ezekiel. Um, and he actually, it was a pretty decent match in the end. KO did get the stunner for the win. Uh, I gave it a two count. I think it yeah. was definitely better than your average match and it was entertaining. It was a surprising match. I thought, uh, I thought actually he was gonna, KO was going to put him over for a second. Like it did look like Ezekiel was going to get the win. But uh, I gave it a one and a half count. I thought it was I thought it was a good match. It, it was entertaining. I mean, and it looks like this isn't over on Raw. Nah. Zeke asked KO for rematch. Rematch. KO said if he admitted he was Elias, he'll give him one. Ezekiel admitted it, then said he took a page out of his book and lied. So, <laughs> I and I think that's going to be the thing. We'll never get him admitting that he's Elias. I'm waiting for like the the vignette when they're like. You know, both of them are like... Yeah, put them next know. to each other, talking to each other. Exactly. They've got to do it, surely. <laughs> but but make it look as if it's like definitely fake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's like a it's a really, really bad deep fake. Yeah. So, you know, but you everyone's like... And then that'll piss KO off even more and then he'll just lose his shit. Absolutely. So. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's, it's very entertaining. At first, I thought it was stupid, but now I'm buying it. We then move into the mixed trios match, Judgment Day against AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. All the members got their spots in, but it was Judgment Day who had the upper hand for the majority, and it ended when Edge hit Balor with the spear for the win. 
Uh, the coup de gras. Yeah. How, how did you rate this one, Benny? Yeah, look, I, I think Rhea saving them from two coup de gras. Like, obviously, she pushed Finn off the first time and then stood in front of him the second time. Um, and then Liv jumps on her back. They carry on. Edge gets up, spear all over. Um, it, again, felt like it was just missing something for me. Like, well, I think we were all expecting the new member, right? Like it, 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 Edge had been teasing that there was going to be a new member of Judgment Day. We're yeah. all thinking whoever they are is going to either turn uh, heel on the team or make their yeah. way out. And uh, we just didn't get it. I mean, I gave it a two count. I thought it was a decent match. Lots of action. Lots of all, action. Yeah, yeah. All the competitors are, are top notch, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that new member, but obviously we had to wait till Raw. Um, yeah. Till we saw uh, Bella being announced as the new member of Judgment Day, which was a little bit strange until Priest and Ripley turned on Edge, essentially uh, with the help of Bella kicking Edge out of his own stable. Now, hear me out here. I mentioned this to you briefly, but why? Like, so we've heard these theories that it's because Cody's now out, Randy's out, they're going to move him back to baby, uh, all that kind of stuff. They need a baby to go. But I mean... Why? Like, find somebody else, man. Like, come on. I also heard that Edge wasn't a fan of where they wanted, they wanted to, to take, take Judgment it. Day uh, into but, a supernatural kind of element. But that's fine. But give it some time. Yeah. You know, Finn can come in, and if Edge doesn't want to wrestle as much or he doesn't have as many dates or whatever else, he does a vignette from the camera and goes, I'm going to let my team deal with it today. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because Edge isn't there, they're filming a better bond, they're better bond. Finn's leading them. It's all good. Then Edge comes back and then there's all of a sudden a bit of tension. Tension. Build it. Give it that long build. Absolutely. Bang, we get Edge and Finn at SummerSlam because he took, you know, Finn took over the Judgment Day from him or something like that. It just felt so quick and just one and done. And Take a page out out of Bullet Club's book. You know, they so many times had someone kick someone out and then become the new leader. You know, like that would have been good. And, you know, Priest and Ripley were basically saying, you know, they figured out what's been holding them back. But have them as a unit of four to figure out yeah, that's exactly. what's holding them back. Like, it's been a week and a half or two weeks that Rhea's been in there. Like, yeah. And you're being held back already. Like, you've done nothing but win since you got there. So you haven't been held back at all. Like, it'd be different if they were losing. Yeah. So. It, Inter- it, really, it really got to me like, really badly. So <laughs> to just, wait, wait, guaranteed it was unexpected. I definitely didn't see that coming. But, no, uh, no. Oh, it was shock and awe. It got us. But yeah. Too uh, soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Uh, as for Styles and Morgan, you know, I guess they can continue to kind of be a thorn in Judgment Day's side. Um, well, yeah, but, you'd think you get AJ versus Finn maybe now. Yeah, I mean... It would be pretty baller if Ripley wins the women's championship and she's got Balor and Priest like backing her up for everything. She's um, a leader. There you go. AJ just does whatever he needs to do, man. He keeps that company going, really. He's just a workhorse, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh moving on, the no holds barred match. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. More than a more of a brawl than a match. How's, how's your neck? Seriously. <laughs> Chairs and ring steps, the announce table, the barricade. Uh, match ended. Moss uh, put the chair around Corbin's neck, slammed it with the ring steps, getting revenge on what Corbin did, then getting the, the three count. I gave it a one and a half. 
I gave it a one and a half count as well. It was a bit brutal at times. It, as you said, it was more a brawl than a match. Yeah. Was what it needed. I thought it was like a Expected. standard WWE hardcore match from like back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Apart from the the neck thing, obviously. But again, um, like if it's a no holds barred match, put it in the cat, put it in the cell. Absolutely. Wow. Or throw him into the cell a couple more times or something. Or even halfway through the match, Corbin calls for the cell to come down or something. Like, so it's not a hell in a cell match, but let's put it in the cell now or something yeah. like that. Like, I know the, the original premise of the cell was to never stop people getting in. Yeah. We get that. But now that it's always there and you're going to call it hell in a cell, anyway, let me, let me digress. <laughs> <laughs> so... It looks like they're strapping they're strapping a rocket to Moss, right? I mean, yeah, but he looks he look, good. He looks great. He can go in the ring. One would think that this feud's over, you know, I kind of hope so, but then then I started to think who's when? he going to go into a storyline with? I, I had a look at the the SmackDown roster. Um I don't know where they can go. I mean, I think he's a bit above being uh in Max Dupree's male models. Um Maybe he can get himself in the IC title picture. Um, maybe he could start terrorizing Sami Zayn. I think that might be fun. Um, yeah, that'd be all right. And obviously, Corbin's going to be out for a while now. You know, written off. He's taken away in an ambulance. So, uh, what what do you think for Happy uh, for Madcap Moss? Do you think? Yeah, I think he's got to go to the IC. If they're gonna, if you're gonna strap a strap a rocket to him, he's got to go into the IC title picture personally. But then they're probably going to give that to. Gunter, right? Well, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, he has a match with Ricochet this week, so uh, that's on SmackDown this week. Yeah, yeah, Tomorrow. we we will see. You, you probably know the result before we uh, you listen to this pod, but in any case, uh, we move on. The US Championship match: Theory and Mustafa Ali. Uh, Mustafa oh, Ali, you. sorry. As soon as you realize Ali is from Chicago, you know he's going to lose the match. Yeah, never win in your hometown. Vince never lets guys win in their hometown. Especially uh, Ali with all the stuff that's been going on with him. There was like no chance. <laughs> he, he gave him that match in Chicago just so he would lose that match. Yeah, absolutely. It was an energetic match. Both these guys are good performers. Uh, just looked like a, when it looked like Ali was going to get the win uh, with Theory and the STF. A-Town down, got to the ropes, hit his finisher and uh, got the win to retain the title. I gave it a one and a half. I gave it a one and a half as well. It was a pretty entertaining match. It, it, yeah, it was a good good match before the main event. We knew what was coming. It could have been like a, a popcorn match, essentially. They could have just fobbed it over, but it, they didn't. They gave him that time. They did yeah. give him time to do something with each other. So I thought it was an entertaining match. And it, yeah, it did its job. It did feel a little bit like a popcorn match, um, which is kind of a shame with the US title, but um, and I'm starting to enjoy theory. Now I, I hate, I, 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 ha- I wasn't a fan at all, but now I feel like he's starting to get this like Ms. Annoyance from me. Like I, yeah, I don't yeah. like him, but I can start to respect him as a heel. So he's good at what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I definitely don't want to see him win any matches. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, so he interrupted Lashley on Raw, refused to give him the title shot, but I think that's what's coming. As for Ali, I don't know what they're going to do with Ali from here. Gone? Back back of the uh, 24-7 title run or something <laughs> oh, like that. Like, I just can't see. Well, what about a, a best of luck in your future endeavours? Yeah. <laughs> uh. E-Town. So we move on from there. We get the main event. Hell in a Cell, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Now, there isn't anything I can say to explain. What's that? 
we didn't even mention that before the Hell in a Cell pay per view started, he was we were told he was injured. Yes, so, so torn pec. So he he ruptured it, and then in training he tore it off the bone. Um, we get this information what a day or two beforehand, and we're, we're told he's still going to compete. Correct. Um, incredible. Seen pictures, see the pictures from the pay per view or just online. And if you've ever seen a torn pec picture before, oh, like it, it is just crazy. It looked absolutely terrible. Um, so Rollins comes out. He's wearing the dusty polka dots. Oh, that, that's how it started. Absolute gold. Um, and then Rhodes comes out and you can see this absolute messed up chest and arm. Um, I think this match would have been a five star without Cody's injury. Now, please, 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 if you haven't seen it, watch this match. You won't regret it. Um, my favorite part was Cody pulling the bull rope from under the ring. Both, oh men had, both men attached themselves to it, had an impromptu bull rope match. There were stomps and crossroads galore. Even a oh. pedigree from Cody. Yeah. Uh, ended with Rhodes hitting Rollins with a sledgehammer to get his third win in a row. Um I'll go to your rating first, Benny. What, what did you think? I couldn't give it the three count. I gave it two and three quarters. I pulled just short, but it was a bloody brilliant match. Now, I wanted to go higher than a three count. Oh, hang on. Dylan, Dave Meltzer, what's going on? <laughs> uh, not a mark at all. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go higher. I thought, do I say You're it's allowed, a, You're allowed. But, but do I say it's a slow three count? I can't go to four count. There's no such thing. But I say it's a slow three count, or maybe I call it a count out. Was it a submission? A submission. <laughs> it, whatever it was, it was phenomenal. I, I guess for the sake of this, I'll give it a three count. Um, absolutely phenomenal. It was a submission and a three count at the same time. There you go. There you go. I don't know how you do it, but you did it. Um, uh, it, yeah. it, was, it was a brilliant match. I, I loved every moment of it. I mean, they had... It, it was a legit injury, but they used it as part of the story. And uh, But even so, I, I, his arm was hanging there, but he was still doing all the moves. It was. Have you seen those people that say that it was fake and like they put makeup on his arm and everything like that? So I was like, how? Why? There's always oh, someone, isn't there? Yeah. There's always someone. I, it was I did... me. I wrote the article. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, did you see the, uh, the picture on, on the way to Hell in a Cell of like, how it started it was just like a little bruise and then it grew and then it grew and then it grew and then they took a picture after hell in a cell just before he had the surgery his whole arm crazy was just black and blue it, yeah crazy, crazy. um and, as and from, again, I got another another like homage to uh triple h you know like the, did you see the the pictures that was like triple h with a torn peck and then him with a torn peck him with the the uh the sledgehammer inside a cell and triple H same thing. And then they both did the pedigree in the cell as well. It was like, that's pretty cool. I know the marks want to see it. Should triple H come back for one match against Cody oh, for the throne after he, after he, you know, broke the throne over an AEW. Do you think that's going to be like too much for triple H to stay away from a WrestleMania match against Cody? He might come back as like a manager or like alongside somebody. Yeah, you know, could they get the authority back together and get Seth? You know, jumps on Seth's side or something like that. Maybe. Uh, so Cody came out the following night on Raw with his arm just hanging by his side. 
mentioned he wanted a shot at the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, I was thinking Money in the Bank's a month away. Torn pecs, four to six months. No um, chance. I was like, no chance. What, are, what is he doing? He's effing crazy. Rollins comes out, shakes his hand, you know, says he's, you know, got so much respect for him. As Rhodes is leaving, Rollins attacks him with a sledgehammer. You know, it's going to ride him off for a few months. Makes sense. Till about Rumble time. Royal Rumble. What what do they do with Rollins? Uh, well, there's no Roman for him to go against. Uh, he'll come out. He'll carry on a bit. I mean, he's got major heel heat now. He can he can milk this taking Cody out for for a while. Well, we've already had Rollins and Edge last year, so I don't know. Like, there's not that many great babies out there. We had Rollins AJ. I'm sure we have at some we point. We would have. We would have. Does, does, well, roll. No, it's, that's the thing. He's just got so much heel heat at the moment that yeah, we're like, there's no, there's no white meat baby face at the moment to go against him. There isn't. So, well, it'll be inter- interesting to see how WWE ruin this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As for the the pay per view as a whole, I was pleasantly surprised. I I thought I was gonna kind of just sit there waiting till the main event. Um, but a lot of the matches surprised me and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I actually wrote here, like, even though most of my my ratings for them were one and a half match, like counts, obviously the main event really dragged it up. But I gave it, I gave it at like just over a two count really for the whole thing as an all. Like it, it yeah. still kept me entertained the whole time and I was, yeah, I was enjoying it. It was it was one of the better WWE pay-per-views we've had in a while. It oh. didn't feel like just a like it didn't feel like a a raw, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of pay-per-views have just felt like a raw or a smackdown. This one yeah. felt like it did feel like a pay-per-view. Yeah. So well Benny because it was hell itself. Yeah. Benny, it's time. It's time for the three count draft. What? The three count draft. We've had the formation of the new judgment day, the dominance of the bloodline, multitude of great stables in AEW. So today we're going to draft the best factions. It's going to be tough. You've so got many the number greats one pick to choose too, mate. What's that? You've got the number one pick. I do. So many options. We're going deep. We're going to go 20 rounds. You ready for this? I'm ready, mate. 20, yeah. 10, 20, yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 10 rounds. 10 20 inch. picks. Yeah, 10 rounds, 10 20 inch. picks. Um, now, the only, oh, rule, the only rule we've got is that it has to have been an on-air faction. Yes. Uh, so the click doesn't count, sweet. unfortunately. Or uh, BSK. That's right. Okay. So there was probably Spirit. probably four, probably four I was thinking could go number one. Mm. Um, but then yes. one, one just kept standing out to me, and it was the NWO. For life. Yeah, it cha- they changed the game. Yeah. Um, they changed what wrestling was. Um, you know, they obviously made uh, WCW an absolute competitor straight away. Um, and, you know, the names in it, granted, it got a little watered down towards the end of it. But yeah, but you, you, you go off that very first. That original, just that original three. And then when Bischoff came in, like that, like that first sort of six months of NWO was like, that was our childhood. Like that was, or like our, yeah, teenage youth. Like that yeah, was amazing. absolutely. So NWO gets first pick for me. 
it's a fair, fair first pick. And like, I would have taken NWA if I had number one pick as well. Um, now this is where I'm like, because uh, there's so many other good ones. And then you're sitting there licking your lips because whoever I pick, you get a, you get the other one. <laughs> but to counteract that, I'm going with DX. They just, were my number two. Yeah, like just that, like especially the original DX as well, like Michael's, Helmsley, China. And then obviously it, it went to 2.0 a little bit once Michael's left. But just those, some of the stuff they did on screen and everything was just amazing. And I mean, I feel like they get a little bit overlooked when they talk, you talk about, you know, Steve Austin, you know, basically helped WWE through the Attitude Era, but DX was a huge part of that. 100%. Like that, that whole Tyson build up and everything was all DX before Austin won his first title against HBK. I mean, you could almost say they ushered in the Attitude Era. Oh, they were the first ones. The stuff they used to do on screen was crazy. Like all those little... Uh, promos and stuff they did like that was really pushing the envelope the um, I, I love the uh the face shield with the windscreen wipers yeah. and they're talking to sergeant, sergeant slaughter. slaughter yeah that was brilliant good stuff good stuff from dx love dx uh now this is where it gets tough benny because i i don't have a clear cut number three um oh there's so many good factions it depends how you want to think about it. You know, do you want to think about, you know, the kind of hall of famers that have been in it, or do you want to think about the faction as a whole and what, you know, so what effect me, they had on the industry? For me, I think I'm going to, from here, just go the ones I loved. And then every now and then throw in a little one that did something, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, yeah. Just okay. Go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. <sighs> This is so tough. Uh, all right. With my second pick, I'm going to take Evolution. Oh! Wow, that's big. That's big. You've got, you know, arguably three of the best ever and Batista. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great pick. Great pick. Um, I'm going to mark out for my next pick. I'm going to go to the Heart Foundation. Uh, I... I was always going to leave that one to you, Benny. <laughs> oh, well, hang on. I won't pick them yet. Then I'll pick them. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> no, they were, um, again, a big part of my childhood and what really got me into wrestling and stuff like that. So I love, love the half. You're such a Bret Hart, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, CM Punk. <laughs> All right. Next pick. <laughs> What's up, Three Count Peeps? Now, unfortunately, uh, we've had some technical difficulties. It does happen on the show. Uh, so our draft got cut off while we're only two picks each into it. Benny had just taken the Heart Foundation, but never fear. I will take you through the rest of our picks because it was a deep draft this week. We don't want you to miss out on any of them. We certainly didn't want to lose it, but it is what it is. So Benny had just picked the Heart Foundation. I was up to my third pick. I took Bullet Club. You know, the amount of guys that came through Bullet Club and are much better off for it. I mean, you know, the, the list is endless. You know, you got Cole, the Bucks, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, you know, Doc Gallows, um, you know, Anderson. The, the list keeps going on and on and on. I mean, everyone's been through Bullet Club, Cody, 
who has been through New Japan. Uh, and it's just, it was such a cultural phenomenon at the time, you know, before AEW hit, uh, you know, you could get the shirts everywhere. And uh, so, yeah, Bullet Club, I was taking with my third pick. Now, Benny surprised me uh, with his third pick. Uh, he kind of took a page out of what I just picked and he picked the elite, um, BE elite. So Benny, his third pick, the elite, great pick. I was a little bit upset about it. I then went with the shield. Now, you know, Rollins, Reigns, Ambrose, Mox, whatever you want to call him, from what those guys have gone on to do and the way they came in, the way the shield came in, it was so fun to watch. They were just taking dudes out left, right and center. There almost wasn't a reason for it too. Um, and now you look, you know, Roman's one of the best of all time. Rollins, he can have a five-star match with anyone. He just had a five-star match with Cody Rhodes. Uh, and Mox is, you know, on his way to becoming AEW world champion again. So two members of the Shield could be world champions uh, at the same time uh, in different companies. So the Shield is a very strong faction. I took that. Uh, with Benny's fourth pick, he went with the Wyatt family. Now, obviously, Bray, not around at the moment, but has done great things. Uh, you got Mr. Brody Lee, who was, you know, a, a pillar when he came, not one of the official pillars, but um, when he came into AEW, you know, it, it was really big, you know, to unveil uh, Brody Lee uh, from the Dark Order. So, you know, Eric Redbeard maybe hasn't done too much. Obviously, Braun Strowman, uh, you know, we're still waiting to see whether he breaks in uh, with AEW or WWE at some point. Uh, he seems to be happy doing his own thing with the controlling narrative stuff. Um, but you know, Braun's one of a kind as well. So the Wyatt family, Benny picked at number four. Uh, I then went kind of back to the shield. Uh, one of the members of the shield, the bloodline. Now they've got all the belts at the moment. They've got arguably the, you know, maybe there's probably two in the conversation of best manager of all time. Um, Paul Heyman's got to be up there with Bobby the brain. So the bloodline is an incredible faction. And I took that with my fifth pick. Now, Benny, oh, Benny with his next pick, he really surprised me. And I was hoping this was going to fall back to me at some point, but he took the undisputed era. Oh, that absolutely killed me. I thought I was going to get them later on in the draft, but undisputed era, such a great faction. Obviously, you know, apart from Roderick Strong, uh, the rest of them are in AEW now, the undisputed elite uh, but the Undisputed Era, at one point, you know, they had all the belts in NXT. They made NXT cool, for sure. So a great pick there from Benny, the Undisputed Era, Era. I then took the Radicals. Now, a little bit controversial. I know we're not supposed to talk about, you know, he who shall not be named. Um, but when they came in, that was the real avalanche of guys coming from WCW to WWE. Um, and it was just, it was one of those, those first times where we saw like a big group I mean, there was four of them, but a group of, you know, wrestlers from another company coming in and, you know, it, it, they kind of played this whole, are they with WCW still? Um, but the Radicals coming in, obviously, Eddie is one of the best of all time. Benoit, while, you know, he's kind of been stricken from the record books, he did amazing things as well. Um, Malenko, Satin, but the radicals coming in was, was an awesome faction. So I took them with my six pick. Uh, Benny went uh, with one of his favorite factions of all time, NWO Wolfpack. So I know I took NWO already. Uh, he took the Wolfpack. Good pick there, Benny. 
Uh, seventh pick for me, I went with the authority. Uh, you got Triple H, Stephanie, obviously running the show. They had Randy Orton, Seth Rollins when he turned on the Shield uh, to join the Authority. They had Corporate Kane. Uh, you know they did some damage. Uh, they kind of ran the show when the Authority was in power. So I took him then with my seventh pick. Benny went with kind of along the same lines, uh, but a few years beforehand, the Corporate Ministry. Now there was the Corporation. There was the Ministry of Darkness. When they all combined, uh, you know, Vince and Taker working together. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. The the corporate ministry for Benny with his seventh pick. With my eighth pick, I went to TNA. Uh, the main event mafia. You know, just the names of the guy, like Angle, Sting, Steiner, Booker T, um, Nash. They were really running that show. And it the faction, it felt real because you know those guys are obviously huge main eventers from other companies coming in taking the spots of younger guys who are in tna trying to trying to make their way up so it kind of really fit that you know they had a monopoly on on the main events and uh uh yeah so i I really like the main event mafia that was one of the one of the good things that came out of tna uh with benny's eighth pick he uh he went chalk as they say uh one of the greatest factions of all time hadn't been taken yet Four horsemen, uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, you know, what more can you say? They kind of, the original faction, I, I want to say they're the original faction. Um, yeah. The four horsemen were unstoppable for a while. Uh, then my ninth pick, I went with the Nexus. Now when they come, I mean, there's been a few guys who came through the Nexus, Daniel Bryan was there for a, a little bit. Um, but at the time when they came in, there were these NXT guys, um, you know, creating waves and just, you know, trying to trying to ruin, ruin everything, including, including Cena at the time, who was, you know, he was one of those tweeners. The kids loved him. Everyone else didn't. So it was kind of fun to see him get his butt whipped every now and again. Then CM Punk kind of took over and took a, you know, kind of different, different role uh, for the Nexus, but uh, the Nexus, my ninth pick. Benny then taking, do I want to say one of the greatest of all time? Maybe not one of the greatest factions because they're so down our list, but um, the New Day, never ending, the New Day. You know, one of the guys could get injured. The other two will be fine. They could get put on different shows. It doesn't matter. You know, these guys are always going to come back together. Uh, so I remember when New Day first started, I was, I was thinking, what is this gospel gimmick? I'm not buying this. Um, I was not a fan. And now look at this so over. They're probably one of the biggest merch movers going around. Um, New day. Great pick there uh, for Benny. My last pick. Uh, this was a tough one. There were quite a few options left. Obviously I took the Alliance. Uh, I know, you know, during that WCW coming in storyline, they didn't have the best wrestlers from WCW. Um but, you know, they put Stone Cold over there. Angle was over there for a little while. They had some really funny stuff. Whether it was great wrestling or not, I don't know. But they had some really funny stuff. And, of course, all the ECW guys, you know, the Dudleys, RVD, Taz. Um, and then Heyman there as well, the Stephanie um, and Shane, of course. So Booker T, the Alliance. It was a fun, it was a fun angle, and I thought they were, they were a great faction. Uh, Benny's last pick, definitely out of left field. Still a great faction. Aces and eights from TNA. Uh, very out of left field uh, pick there from Benny, but they had some great storylines. Um, 
you know, guys coming in to try and take them down. So that was Benny's last pick, aces and eights. So for me, I had the NWO, Evolution, Bullet Club, The Shield, The Bloodline, The Radicals, The Authority, Main Event Mafia, The Nexus, and The Alliance. Benny's were DX, The Heart Foundation, The Elite, Wyatt Family, Undisputed Era, The NWO, Wolfpack, Corporate Ministry, Four Horsemen, The New Day, Aces and Eights. Now we had, I probably had like 20 more, like that would have been honorable mentions. Uh, I team angle, uh, a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of the factions that we've got in AEW now, Pinnacle, um, Blackpool Combat Club, The Brood was one I was thinking of, Legacy was great, Chaos in New Japan, huge. Um, and then there were some kind of funny ones we, we had, you know, Spirit Squad. Um, but we had to mention Three Count. What a great faction, Three Count. Uh, so there you go. There you have it. That is our draft. You still got it, even though we had uh, difficulties. But in any case, thank you for listening to the whole episode. You know, it was a long one today. I appreciate you sticking with us. Make sure you let us know on the socials who you think has the best faction list. Uh, we'll put it up there for everyone to see pretty soon. We're going to be back in a few weeks to preview Forbidden Door and Money in the Bank. Now, if you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Pump it up on socials. You know, if we can get a bit more of a following, a few more listeners, we can hit the next level, maybe start having some conversations with WWE and AEW, um, maybe start to get some stuff for giveaways and prizes for you peeps out there. So please, uh, if you like it, you know, tell your friends, pump it out there. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you, Benny, for joining us, even though, uh, you know, we, we kind of got cut off, but uh, we will see you again next time on the Three Count Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.